So um, here today, it's just an honor to be here. Um, I, as Pastor Mark's here, I've been a missionary for many years. We served almost 20 years in India, and we've been almost seven years now with the Antioch Initiative, which is a focus on unreached people groups all around the world. Still about 42% of the world lives and dies without having a friend, a family member, someone like them, who looks like them, talks like them, lives in their social group, that can tell them the good news of Jesus. And it's that bad. It's horrible. A lot worse than that. Um, but that's that's what we live, breathe, and talk about all the time with the Antioch Initiative. We just because we just feel like it's just not just, it's just not right for people to not have an opportunity to have access to Jesus. And, uh, and so uh, it's just a blessing to be here. I'm also blessed. Uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Sam, is at the sound booth. Sam, and Sam is a missionary going to Djibouti. So he's not just a, um, a servant, he's also a saint and a mighty man of God is going to be used a man. So please, if you need to support a missionary, please support Sam. He's, um, he's in action right now. He's helping this thing to work today. Uh, but yeah, he's, um, he's going to be heading to Djibouti to share the gospel with Somalis there and working with the Deckers who are from here, the Johnsons also from here. Other missionaries you might know that are also serving there. But, and uh, we, one of the things we do here locally is you're probably aware there's a few Somalis here in the Twin Cities. <laughs> And so we uh, we do a lot of outreach, and Sam's a big, been a big part of that, and he's going to be doing that overseas as well. Because, again, people need an opportunity to know about Jesus, and uh, and that's just a passion. And I could keep talking about that and keep talking about that because that's been our, our calling in our life. Um, but I'll be honest with you, today's, uh, today's um, I'm used to a mic stand. I just play with this mic stand too much. Um, I'm, today's, we're talking about, actually, our topic today is seeing the whole elephant. Um, and it's coming out of a book I recently released or just I've just uh, had published and, and really we have some copies here so you want to get a copy afterwards you can um, that book came out of another book I'd written about maybe I would say 10 12 years ago just hearing God's voice today it's just a, it's what it is it's just a book about how do we hear God's voice and so that's also up here if you're interested you get that later but um, after writing that book just I began to just pray and just I'll just say this as a missionary we were planning churches in North India and among other people groups and you just you need god i mean it's impossible to plant churches among people groups who have who are hindus buddhists and muslims they mostly what we work with are hindus but it's impossible in the natural but nothing's impossible for god but you know when he asked us to go and make disciples of all nations he did give us a promise he said he'd be with us and that's what we lean on all the time because we know we can't do it but we know that god can and so as we as i was just you know, over the years, reflecting, wrote, hearing God's voice today, I just I got the theme of seeing. You know, we need God's help to hear. We want to hear God's voice. But how do we see? How do we perceive things as Christians? And so that's what the book, um, Seeing the Whole Elephant, is about. I originally, it was going to be called Seeing Clearly. And uh, just how do we see? And then we got near the, ready to release it. And then we just reminded of a great Indian fable, story, also poem, which you're, many of you are probably familiar with. But the next slide gives a picture of that, of the six blind men and the elephant. And I'm not going to read you the poem. You can, you can Google it. You can find it, six blind men and the elephant. It's, it's, it's very available online. Uh, but the idea is that, you know, you have these blind men and they, they touch different parts of the elephant. And so from the left to right, you have the person who touches the tusk and says, oh, it's a spear. And the, the person who grabs the trunk and says, oh, it's a snake. Someone grabs the, the ear and says, oh, it's a fan. Someone else is putting their arms around the legs. Oh, it's a tree. And then the other person puts their arms on the side and says, oh, it's a wall. And then you, the last person says, grabs the tail. Oh, it's a rope. And, um, you know, and so 
this is a common fable, a common tale that's told, uh, but only one of the men can see the whole elephant. Which one can see the whole elephant? Exactly. God, John Godfrey Sachs, the person who wrote the poem, or the person telling the story. <laughs> um, exactly. And uh, that's, that is a little bit ironic. Um, you know, there's some irony in that. Um, you know, maybe the next slide. Uh, because when people tell the story, they basically say that, well, all religions share only a part of reality. They're saying, you know, they all just share part. Or they'll say that, well, they're all really the same. They're just describing different parts of the same thing. Now, in our culture today, oftentimes people will say, well, no, it's just you really can't know truth. You know, you think you know something, but you really don't. That's that's very common in our post secular, postmodern culture. Ah, but what does the narrator do? The narrator is telling the story to get us to think, well, they're all the same. Or, you really can't know, but what does the narrator say? I know the truth. I can tell you what it's really like. How ironic is that? Yeah. You know, so, uh, we live in a culture, you know, in our world today, this is very common. Uh, you know, someone will say, well, let me tell you how all religions work. As if they can really tell us that, right? <laughs> uh, Tim Keller says, the minute you say all religions only see part of the truth... You're claiming the very knowledge that you say no one else has. And you are demonstrating the same spiritual arrogance that you accuse Christians of. Um, so it's very common for skeptics, people who are trying to come against Christianity, to use this parable to say that, well, you know, you just you only see one part. Ah, but the reality is also the narrator can't see the whole elephant. Even John, God John Godfrey Sachs, who wrote the poem, he wasn't the one who came up with the story. He took an Indian story and put it into a poetic form. But John Godfrey Sachs, as he's looking, if we can go back at the elephant again. Um, well, you don't have to, Sam. But <laughs> if, we, if, you look, if you think about an elephant, if we're looking, if there's an elephant on the stage today, okay, there he is, yeah. Uh, John Godfrey Sachs can't see the other side of the elephant, the other side. John Godfrey Sachs can't see underneath the elephant's feet. Can't see inside of the inner parts of the elephant can't know what the if elephants think what the elephant is thinking right so even the narrator who basically says you can't know anything but i can doesn't see it all but there's some good news we can move ahead there sam i know i'll make it there who can see the whole elephant god can. yeah and that's part of our hope as christians okay so uh Today, we're going to focus on the fact that God can see the whole thing. God can see all reality. There'll be people in our culture say, oh, you're wrong, you're narrow-minded, but yet they're being narrow by telling us that we can't know something. But we can know that God really can't see the whole thing. And, um, uh, yeah, and so let's go ahead and move it ahead. Thanks, thanks, Sam. So, without God, we are limited in what we can see. These are just some verses that talk about that. And in John 3, 3, it says that unless someone is born from above, we cannot see the kingdom of God. 2 Corinthians 2, 14, the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. And they're not able to understand them because they're spiritually discerned. 2 Corinthians 4, 4, we know that the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers. So we know that uh, in ourselves, 
we are limited in what we are able to see. And in fact, all people are without God's help. Okay? But there's some good news. Moving ahead. Um, God wants us to see better. Hallelujah. Yeah. Jesus, one of his names is, he says, I am the light of the world. Light makes a big difference. Yeah. He is the light of the world. And Jesus came to proclaim freedom and recovery of sight for the blind. Also, he's a rewarder of those who seek him. And one of the ways God rewards us when we do seek him is he shows us stuff. He reveals things to us. And we get more understanding because of his help. Uh, Deuteronomy 29, 29, the secret things belong to the Lord, but the things that are revealed belong to us. And then as we move into 2 Corinthians chapter 5, of course, it says that anyone in Christ is a new creation. Now, part of being a new creation, how many of you are new creations today? Yeah, hopefully, hopefully most of us have not all, but hopefully all of us are saying, yes, I want to follow Jesus. Christ is in my life. I am a new creation. Part of being a new creation is a new ability to see. New eyesight, new lenses, new corneas, new spiritual <laughs> acuity. God enables us to understand things that we couldn't understand before because we're new creations in him. So we want to be able to see things well. That is, um, that is, that's something that God wants us to see. Um, and, uh, praise God. But now I want to ask you guys just the next, uh, next slide, ask a question. Well, we, we can say, how can we see better in life? Now, the book that I've written actually has two parts to it. And, uh, the first part, if you want to see well, we do want to make sure that we have a worldview that's coherent with the word of God, a theology that matches the word of God. What I mean by that is we want to make sure that we view God as best we can. Because there are all kinds of twisted views of God that are in our world today. The enemy's constantly trying to impugn God, trying to twist the nature of God. And if we have a twisted nature of God, then our eyesight is going to be twisted. We're, we're not going to be able to see clearly. So that's very important. That's it talks about that some in the book. Also, how we see people is very important because people matter to God so much. The second greatest commandment is loving people as we love ourselves. Yes, we're supposed to love God first, but we're also supposed to love people. People matter a lot. That is a missions message, by the way, Pastor Mark. And uh, that, yes, people matter very much. And so how we view people, in fact, in the book, there's a, that's the main mission section talking about how we view people because people do matter. Uh, but also, well, the third section also talks about how we great, how we view the Great Commission. Excuse me. That's the, also a lot about missions. Um, so those are just things that, in a sense, it's kind of like hardware. You have to have good hardware in order for your life to work well. But we also need good software. And that's kind of what we're going to focus on most today just for the sake of time. You can only, um, yeah, it takes a long time to go through a whole book in an hour. <laughs> and uh, we're, so we're not going to cover the whole thing, but we're just covering some highlights. And um, uh, But there's some key practices. So we're going to talk about, that's going to be the main focus of the rest of the time we have here in the next uh, 45 minutes is, what are some key strategies, some key practices, things that we can do to help us to have better spiritual vision? And I, before I, I, I want to pause here because I, and I didn't, I'm not, I wasn't sure how the dynamic is going to be. So this is a little risky here, but I would like to just pause and ask um, to allow you guys to give some responses. And I, and I don't have a way to write them down. That's what if I was in North Central right now teaching, I'd write them on the board, and we would kind of talk about. But I, I would like to at least hear from you, and then. I'm going to probably just move ahead and maybe refer back to some of the things you say. But what are some and your thoughts right now as you think, what are some things we as Christians, and it's a big room, so it's a little intimidating, but some of you are really brave and bold. So if you wouldn't mind, just a minute or two here, what are some things that, that just popped to mind? If, if we want to see well, yes, reading God's world, you're, you're spot on. 
Exactly. And that's that's one of the biggest ones, and that's in the list as well. But yeah, God's Word gives us that hardware that I referred to. It helps us to know how do we view God, how do we view people, how do we view the Great Commission. What you know, th those are those are they give us parameters. You know, it it helps us to know if we're foreseeing something. It gives us helps us with discernment because we can we can see a lot of stuff, but like oh, that's twisted, or I'm not, I see that, but I'm not understanding the cat because it doesn't make sense given what God's word says. Very good. What are some other things we can do? Yes. Hearing the voice of God. That can, yes, that is, that's good. Yes, How, hearing the voice of God, that can help us to see better. Very good. What else? Yes. Be still. Okay. Yes, we can be still. Very good. Yes. Okay, respective filters, yeah. I think that kind of goes back to like our worldview and yeah, and our theology and, and again, in the word of God, that's very good. Yes. Okay, yeah. And that, again, that was, that would go, how do we view people and how do we treat people? That's very good. Yes. One more something, that's one of the keys. Yeah, we're gonna, we might get to that. I hope so. We'll see how much time we have. I have 15, and there's, in the book, I have 15 different strategies at the end of the book, second half. Uh, and I have added another one uh, since I've just, I haven't, it's not in the book, but uh, we'll see how many we get to today. But yeah, good. Uh, I want to hear what couple more people and we're going to, yes. Yes. 100%. Yes. God's word, prayer, the first two, by the way. Yeah. 100%. Yes. Yes. Meditating, studying the word again, back to scripture, but yes. Powerful. So those are great. So one, one more and then we're going to move ahead. Yes. Yes. Spending time with Jesus and that has to do with prayer. Exactly. That's very good. Okay, so these are some strategies that we can use to see better. And um, very good. Uh, so why don't we go ahead and move on to the first one, Sam? All right, there we go. And we've already talked about this, but starting with God in prayer. Yeah, if we want to see well, then, and we know that God can see all things, then we just say, God, help. Okay, we pray. We abide. We pray. Uh, and there's different ways of phrasing this, but yeah, we, we run to God. We pray, okay? And so that's very important. And here's a couple of, um, you know, just that you pray without ceasing. And then also just Abraham Kuyper, he's a theologian. But the point here is that God wants to be a part of everything, okay? You can read the quote, no piece of our mental world is, is to be hermetically sealed off from the rest. And there is not a square inch in the whole domain of our human existence over which Christ, who is sovereign over all, does not cry, mine. <laughs> I love that quote, but the point that I just want to emphasize again is that God wants to help us all the time in all kinds of circumstances, not, not just, of course, in professional ministry environments, not just in church environments, but in whatever environments we are working and living in, in our home and other work environments, God wants to be a part. He wants us to cry out to him and ask him for help in perceiving things well and seeing things from his perspective. Okay, so that's, I think that's a no-brainer, but it's so foundational that we run to God because he is the one. Uh, the next, uh, if we can move ahead. Yeah, and so the second one is feeding your faith with God's word. Again, you guys are really smart. Uh, this is so important uh, that we look to God's word. God's word is our foundation. It provides us a framework for how we see reality, and it helps us to see reality. So huge prayer, God's word. The next one's uh, Sam. Uh, yeah, it's just more about, no, two again, back to two, next one, yeah. So this one, this one is just more things like, like someone said, abiding, okay? Someone else said uh, using different uh, translations or different, uh, I want to think, languages, I think you were saying. Uh, but yeah, slow reading, meditating, memorizing, studying God's Word. These are all different aspects of spending time in God's Word. Because God's, 
God's word helps us so well. And there's, there's so much junk that's in our world. So many lies. Okay? So many lies. And in fact, uh, yeah, this is, that's the next one is get rid of, eliminate distortion. And that's, you know, you don't want glasses that are all distorted that have, you know, lies do that. Okay? When we believe a lie, we give the devil power in our life. Because we're, we're just, we're believing this lie that's not true. And it, it, we're, it's, it's, it's horrible. It's evil. It's twisted. Okay? Distorted. So we need God to help us to look in his word and eliminate lies. Okay? God's word is the primary detector. Okay? Another one, though, is hope. Look in your, think about your life. Where, where do you lack hope? Maybe it's a son or daughter. And you've lost hope about something. Well, what lie are you believing? Does, does God not care? Do you, are you believing that God doesn't care? Are you believing that God is not able? Are you believing that God doesn't have a plan? I, I don't know. But what, what, whatever it is, whatever you don't have hope about, maybe there's a financial need. Is it you believe that God doesn't? is not your provider? Is, God, is the enemy saying it's too much for God? Is, I mean, what's the lie? Because if there's not hope, in our life, in some area, that means we have bought a lie. Because God is always hopeful. Doesn't mean we don't suffer. Doesn't mean there aren't challenging times. Doesn't mean we have to don't persevere, don't be patient. But we have hope. We have hope. He's always good. His plans are always amazing. And when we believe his truth, we can have hope in the midst of horrible circumstances. You know, it's, it's like um, a person who is living, I, this is an illustration I hadn't planned on sharing, but, you know, you have two different people, and one person, you know, is told that you work this menial job for 30 days, and you're going to get, you know, $1,000. The other person is told you work this menial job for 30 days, and you're going to get a million dollars. The person working for $1,000 is people making fun of them, after 30 days, I get a million dollars. There's hope. Well, I mean, we have, we, that, that's silly, but we have, we do have hope because one day we're going to be with him. And everything we, every obedient step we take is going to be rewarded. He is faithful. He is good. So yeah, if we're, if we're, if we don't have hope, then there's some, something twisted in our vision and we need God to help us to get rid of that and just say no uh, no god is faithful god is going to whatever it is that we need to whatever truth we need to get refuse the lies and speak god's truth over that so uh yeah we got to get rid of distortion so another um i don't remember the next one sam but if you can go ahead and send it up there that'd be great um yeah the next one is we need to look beyond the natural and immediate world okay uh there is so much more to reality than we can see and uh, i i i know we as christians I had the privilege, so I, I, I people ask me, you know, how was India? And I, I, I love India was tough. Okay, it was tough. Almost twenty years in India. There's a lot of tough things, but I was so blessed. And one thing that, after living in India for a long time, it, God really worked in my spirit in my life is just the reality of the spirit world. I, I don't. I just. I you can't tell me it's not real. 
I, I've just been around too many people. In India, they don't, very few people question. I mean, in the West, we are disciples left and right about just everything. Only thing that's real is what you can see, touch, and what you can test with science. If you can't, then it's not real. Well, that's not the way most of the world is. That's the way we in the West, we in America and parts of Europe and Western, you know, Australia, other parts of Westernized parts of the world. But a lot, most of the world does understand the spirit world is real. And, uh, and so, yeah, we're, 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 you know, we're not just bodies with a spirit. No, we are spirits who have a body. <laughs> and our spirits are going to live forever in one of two places. And earth is not our eternal home. We are here now. But we are going to spend eternity with God. And, uh, yeah, we, we, we don't just, we live once, but we're going to live, we're going to live it forever, one, you know, somewhere. And we want to be with Jesus. That's where we want to be. And that's where he, that's his plan for us. But, but if we want to see well, we have to look beyond just I mean, God does care. It's not that we ignore the everyday world. I mean, you know, we're not just so heavenly minded that we aren't any earthly good. No, I mean, but we have to constantly remember that, there's more than what we can see. There's more than what we can see. And I'll, I'll share the story. I was just at a conference, and this is kind of related. This is sort of not, but I think it's really cool. So that's why I'm sharing it. So um, we were just, I was just at a conference in, uh, well, Sammy Rodriguez. I don't know if you ever heard of him, but he was speaking at the conference. And he was sharing about the men in the fire, uh, about how the Shadrach, Meshach, and Benigo went in the fire, and that they were looking into, you know the story. Everybody's looking into the, um, the fire, and they see not just three people, but... Okay. But he said, yeah, now I want you to show me that we're in scripture, biblically, that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego saw the fourth person. Said, Go ahead. Look in the scripture and find out where it says that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego saw that fourth person with them. It's not there. <laughs> we know it because we read the story. And the king saw it. And they, I'm sure they heard about it. But when they were walking in that fire, they didn't see Jesus walking with them, most likely. And that's like us today. We sometimes we're walking through fire and we don't see God's protection, God's, you know, his his all that he's doing all around us. But there's a lot of stuff happening. We just we just don't see it. But it doesn't mean it's not real. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, we need to look beyond the natural immediate world. Psalm 73, I was reading last, last week, and, and just Psalm 73, and in short, he's just, the psalmist is crying out because he sees all the, the wicked people getting all the money, getting all the stuff, getting all the blessings, and they're doing horrible stuff, but they're getting blessed, and he's just mad. He's like, God, how could this be happening? You can read it. It's, it's powerful. Uh, but then he, there's a scripture, you know, there's a verse. Let me see if I can just pull it up here. Um, Well, you know, I thought I had it. I don't have it. I have other verses here. I don't have that one. <laughs> I can look at my Bible later. But anyway, but basically says, I, then I came into the presence of the Lord and I realized, whoa, I realized reality. You know, he said I, he was really frustrated. He's mad because why are all these, you know, these people don't believe in God. But then I realized, you know what, God, you are real and you are just and you are going to work things out. And I'm going to pull it up. I can't just get my Bible out. Yeah, this was so powerful to me just the other 
guys read through the Bible in a year? Well, you should. <laughs> I encourage you. Or just get on a plan. Get on any kind of plan. But read God's Word. It's so important that we for helping us to see things well. Um, so, he was really upset. So I tried to understand. This is the, right the verse before it. He goes, I tried to understand why the wicked prosper. But what a difficult task it is. And then he says in verse 17 of chapter seven, of 73, Psalm 73, verse 8, 17, he says, Then I went into your sanctuary, O God. And I finally understood the destiny of the wicked. Truly, you put them on a slippery path and send them sliding over the cliff to destruction. In an instant, they are destroyed, completely swept away by terrors. When you arise, O Lord, you will laugh at their silly ideas as a person laughs at dreams in the morning. Can you imagine you know, all the silly ideas we hear in our culture today? Not that we, we care about people. That's not about, it's not, this is not about putting down people. But, but we can get frustrated. I, I, have you, anybody ever been frustrated at seeing someone who's not serving God get blessed and get have all kinds of whatever? Yeah, I think it's a human, it's a human frustration at times. But he says, I came into the sanctuary and I finally understood. We need to come into his presence. We, we need to realize that, yeah, sometimes we don't see the fourth person in the fire with us. That doesn't mean that God's not with us and God's not working. Yeah, amen. So um, look beyond the natural immediate world. Okay, so uh, the next one, there you go. Seek the baptism of the Holy Spirit and desire spiritual gifts. So we're a Pentecostal group. We need the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit gives us revelation. And I, if you're not baptizing the Holy Spirit, ask him to baptize you. Keep going. Don't give up. Uh, I pray in tongues every day. I mean, I, it's a regular part. And, and and I know, you know, as it says in 1 Corinthians 14, 4, the one who speaks in tongues builds himself or herself up. We are building our capacity to see better as we are praying in tongues, allowing God to work in our spirits and helping us to connect with him. And God will highlight things to us as we go through our day because we've taken time to connect with him and allow him to work into our hearts. And we need the Holy Spirit's work in our life so much. I mean, we have to. And I just put up there a Hebrew word for prophet. One of the words is hosea, which is seer. I mean, it's the idea that they could see. And, uh, and spiritual gifts. As God gives you spiritual gifts, sometimes you'll just see things. Uh, literally, or just, and there's a lot of times, personally, God will give me prophetic insight. Be praying for people, and God shows pictures. God will show you stuff. And then you have to figure out what does that mean. It doesn't always tell you. You, have to ask, you know, there's the revelation, and then there's the, the interpretation. What does that mean? And then what do I do with it? Okay, but part of seeing well is allowing God's spiritual gifts to work in our life. And God will show us stuff if we take the time to wait on him and to connect with him. So, we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We need spiritual gifts. I mean, over and over in India, every time we planted churches in North India, it was because God did miracles. And God did miracles most of the time because he, we were being led of him to places and times and we were stepping out and believing God for healing, believing God for deliverances, believing God for miracles. And as God healed people, as God set people free from demons, then there was an openness to the Holy Spirit. And you don't have to go to India to see that happen. <laughs> no, God, God is the same and, and God wants to, to work. And uh, I, yeah, God does that today. I mean, God, God is doing amazing things. So we need to seek the baptism of the Holy Spirit and desire spiritual gifts. So, uh, Let's go ahead and go on to the next one, Sam. Appreciate it. All right. We also need to pursue gratitude. Now, uh, you know, taking things for granted is a human, human tendency that dulls our spiritual perception. Um, I, I, 
I, I, thanksgiving is a spiritual weapon that helps us counter blessings and intentionally notice things we might otherwise take for granted. This is, I, I, I really believe in Thanksgiving. I, I um, <laughs> I every, um, well, I'll just, I'll back up and I, um, I'll just share a story I've shared with some other people and I'll share the story. I hadn't planned on sharing it, but I, I was at a conference, um, I don't know, 15 years ago. And I had a, a person give a word over me. Well, they shared a story, actually. They shared a story about how that they had a dream. And in the dream, uh, they would be drunk and on the ground. And uh, and they would just, uh, and, and, they, and then they wake up. And this particular person had had a history of alcoholism. But he kept having this dream where in the dream he's drunk and he's on the ground. And he's just wallowing around on the ground and people walking by and looking at him. And, and this person that shared this dream in the conference was sharing, you know, God, I'm, I'm frustrated. Why, why, you know, he's like, why am I having this dream? I, I gave up alcohol. I'm, I'm not getting drunk. What's going on? And God spoke to him and said, well, every time you allow yourself to, to be in, in, engaged in self-pity, you're just like that. You're drunk. You're just lying on the ground. No good to anyone else. Thinking about yourself. Thinking about how bad things are for you. And he shared that in the conference, and then I went up to him afterwards, asked him to pray for me, and he and he and he, <laughs> he shared the same story to me. <laughs> and I was like, "Man, I'm going to double win because they hit me really bad. It really hit me hard when he shared it." And um, and so I just said, well, "Okay, God, I don't." I, and I was our family was going through some really challenging times. We still are, but it was really fresh back 15 years ago. And um, and so I said, "Okay, God, I, I get it. I, 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 we're, I, 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 that's not me. I don't want to be a person who wallows." And you know the antidote to self-pity? Yeah, it is a weapon. It's a spear. It's it's a bomb. You you blow up self-pity when you say, "Jesus, thank you, thank you, Jesus," for for and, and you just you just keep meditating on that. Thank you. And so a personal practice I have every, every morning when I'm spending time with the Lord, first thing I do is I write out things I'm thankful for. Thank you, Jesus, for. And most of the time, the first one is thank you, Jesus, for the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and something about Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus, for God, for Father. Thank you, Jesus, for, and I thank him for my family. Any other things. But I, I personally, I, I, I just, I, I'm pretty um, rabid about it, pretty um, anal about it, pretty whatever, because I just, I, I don't want to be drunk. And I've been there. I've been drunk. Not with alcohol, but with self-pity. And it just does not help anybody. And it blurs your vision because all you're thinking about is your your whatever your whatever your issue is. And you're not able to see like God sees. So we have to be people who pursue thankfulness. And it's also in the scriptures it says, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving. We enter God's presence with thanksgiving. And in God's presence, there's revelation. There's clarity. There's light. We see stuff that we've never seen on our own, that's for sure. No, we want to be people who are pursuing gratitude, pursuing thankfulness. In the midst of suffering, in the midst of frustrations, well, what is God doing? Not what the problem, you know, I, I know that there's a problem. I get that. But what, 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 is, what is God doing? What is, how has he demonstrated his grace to you? What about his faithfulness? Yeah, we have to we have to focus on what he has done and giving him thanks and, and glorifying him for how good he is. Because he is. He's that good. <laughs> He's so faithful. 
we have it. I mean, there's so many things that we can all, as Americans here, we have so many things to be thankful for. But I could be with my Indian friends, the same thing. They don't have all the stuff we have. They don't have all the opportunities we have. But they're they're grateful. I was so humbled at times by being with my Indian friends and just you know they're you know they're thanking God for this and that. I'm like, wow, praise God. I want to I, I want to live that out too, you know. And uh, and so it's a, it's a spiritual weapon. Uh, it helps us to notice things. We don't take things for we don't want to take things for granted. It's easy. It's, it's so easy to take things. It's so easy to be entitled. You know, just I expect things just to be. I mean. The power's on. Did you realize the power's on right now? I can see you. I'm not cold. I'm not hot. We have nice seats. I mean, I mean, I know that's like, this is America. I get it. But you know what? Most of the world doesn't have this. There's no guarantee in any you're going to have power. <laughs> no guarantee. I mean, you definitely would not be. I've never been I've never been anywhere in India that's this nice. I mean, as far as a building. You say, this is the kids' room. I know. But I'm telling you, I've never been in India anywhere that has this nice a facility. Like for, at a church. Like maybe in a... Maybe in a, I don't even know in a business. Maybe, uh, but I mean, so we 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 have so much to be thankful for, and um, so we need to pursue gratitude because it it does it helps us to see better. It it keeps us away from all kinds of junk in our mind that keeps us you know that doesn't allow us to see well, um, and uh, yeah, praise God. So and let's we can go ahead and move on to uh, the next one, which is um, overcoming pride. Okay, and so this was someone said, "Be humble," which is yeah, you know, we have to. You know, the question is, are we more concerned about seeing well or looking well? I'm not saying we want to look stupid. Okay, that's not the goal in life to look ridiculous. But there's stigma that can come with following God. We won't always be considered the coolest person in the room if we're really seeking God and really trying to see him well. And I'll just say, side note, I just came from a conference, a prophetic conference, and there weren't that many weird people there. But uh, but I will say that prophetic people can often be very weird. Okay? They can be. Prophets, in the, read the Bible. Read about what the prophets do in the Bible. I mean, crazy stuff that, you know, ordinary people would say, that is weird. And you're, and you're right. But they weren't, say, they weren't like, well, I don't want to be considered weird. No, they were willing to be weird to hear from God. To see what God saw and to do what God wanted them to do. So are we willing to look silly sometimes? Are we humble? Are, are we open to that? Are we more concerned about how we perceive or how we're perceived? <laughs> you know, the Israelites probably didn't look that cool when they were marching around Jericho, you know? Noah, I'm, he had a lot of hecklers when he's building that ark for years and years. You know, it's debatable. Maybe up to 100 years. It's, it's hard. to How long did he spend? 75? You know, it's, it's, uh, Noah, I mean, no, I mean David, when he went towards Goliath, he didn't. He just had a slingshot. I mean, you know, we could go on and on about how in, in the Bible over and over people, they were willing to look silly because they, they saw something. They wanted, they wanted to follow God and they wanted to see God and they're willing to step out and, and they're humble and, and they're willing to, you know, to go for that. Yeah. So uh, there's a... I was going to tell you a story here. It's about a guy who, um, it's a guy, a professor in, in Germany, and he, and he tells four of his students to look through a telescope at a planet and its moons. And one by one, the students stepped up to the telescope and said what they were supposed to see. Finally, the second to the last student uh, looked in the telescope and announced that he couldn't see anything. You idiot, shouted the teacher. You have to adjust the lenses. But the student said, I, I still can't see. 
The teacher, disgusted, looked through the telescope himself and then looked up with a strange expression. He quickly glanced at the end of the telescope and the lens cap was still on it. Forty other students have gone up there. Oh yeah, I see it, I see it. Are we willing to be humble? So, um, yeah, humility is, 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 is a big deal. And um, so um, I think we're ready to go on number nine, Sam. Thanks. So we need to be, gain perspective from Christ's body. Uh, this quote here from Charles uh, Jones, a successful businessman, he said, he said, the only difference between you and what you, who you are today and the person you'll be in five years will be from the books you read and the people you, with whom you associate. Uh, so um, you guys are smart. You guys are here today. You're at the conference, and you are associating with some amazing people. Not just I'm not talking about me, but I'm talking about the people sitting next to you, the people you came with. But you're trying to grow. By the fact you're here, that's that's, that's awesome. Okay. But we, yeah, we, we if we want to uh, want to grow in our ability to see, then we need to be willing to talk to other people and get around other people who see maybe better than we do. Be open and listening to other people. Taking humility. This, the humility and this go together because you have to say, well, you know what? That person is a part of the body of Christ that maybe I could learn from. Uh, and then be taking steps to do that. Um, a leader's insight can become ours if we honor that leader in his or her role. Um, and then this last quote here says, wise men and women still travel to see the king. Yeah, and what I mean by you're, you travel to come here. So kudos to you guys. You guys are on. You guys are showing. I'm willing to do that. I'm willing to take a trip to Bloomington, to, to Twin Cities, to learn something. I just went out to Virginia and came back uh, this week. I wasn't here yesterday because I was trying to model this. But actually, I just anyway got open the door and I went out and was trying to learn some stuff. But we and we can't always travel. But we can when God opens an opportunity, uh, we can get around people and environments where we can learn things and we can grow. Uh, and, and I'd encourage everyone that you know to find wherever you are in your local context to find people in your that, that you that can mentor you or people that you can go to and get input from uh, especially people who are ahead of you in some areas of your life maybe not every area but you know there's areas you, you might say well I need to learn about this and so you go to them and talk to them so we gain perspective we gain ability to see better when we allow other parts of the body of Christ to speak into our life and help us this is, this is very important. Being part of our local church, of course, is a no-brainer also. Uh, that's another natural way. But we get perspective from other people. And so that's awesome. So I think, Sam, we're ready to go on to the next one. And that is to keep a Sabbath. Okay. So, um, and this is, I don't have a lot to say here. Other, wait a minute, I did have a note here. But the idea is that when we take a Sabbath, we get perspective. Um, let me pull it up here. I, I, this is the challenge of using a tablet. Um so, um, Vince Lombardi used to say uh, that fatigue makes cowards of us all. Uh, another way to say it is when faith when fatigue walks in, faith walks out. <laughs> when we're tired, our faith usually wanes. So, uh, there's something about taking Sabbaths, and no matter what kind of field you're in, um, you know, taking time where you can reflect, you can pray, you can go to church maybe. If it's on Sunday, if that you know, you don't have to take a Sabbath on Sunday. You can't. That's a good idea. But whenever whatever works in your work week and your work cycle, but taking the time to get perspective, to listen to God, to do some of the other things we talked about, <laughs> to have extra time to spend in God's word, to have extra time to pray, to have extra time uh, to, uh, you know, to, to follow through these other strategies. Um, so um, someone said, I'd rather flame out than rust out. Uh, the problem is once you're out, you're out. <laughs> someone else said the devil never takes a vacation. So why should we? Uh, well, the, 
devil is not supposed to be our example. God is our example. He took a Sabbath as an example to us. So uh, we, we need to follow God's example, and we need to take time in our life. And I, I recommend a weekly, you know, 24 hours if possible. I, what I've often sometimes done over the past few years is taking half of half of one day, half of another, depending on how things are going, because I have to be in a meeting some morning, I have to be something else the next night. But, but taking a block of time where we're just unplugging, not doing our normal work stuff, asking God to do, do things that are actually going to be renewing to you. Let me just say this. You know, sometimes I, I work a lot with students, and students are amazing, but some students, not all students, some students have this thing, well, I'm, I'm just going to, Sabbath is me time. That means just watching Netflix for 24 hours. I don't know. Are you getting renewed? Is that really helping you spiritually, just watching Netflix, Netflix for 24 hours? I mean, is that, I, I'm not, I don't know what you're watching exactly, but, and I, I, by, but what, what can we do that would actually help us spiritually. Maybe there is a show on Netflix that's going to help. I'm not saying never, but I'm just saying we. it's not just about having me time. It's about having him time. It's about having renewal time. And, 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 what, and, and learning, this is something we have to learn through life, is what things help us to be renewed. And maybe staying up till 3 o'clock watching a movie is not going to renew us the next day. I mean, maybe you can sleep until noon the next day, but, but then, I don't, I don't, but you have to, my point is we need to ask God, what kind of rhythms can we be in that are going to help us be strong, help us be renewed, so that we have the ability to see better? Um, okay, uh, praise God. So the next uh, next one, uh, there we go. Obey, yeah. We want to obey what God has revealed. Um, you know, if we want God to show us more, then we need to obey what he's already shown us, right? Yeah, I mean, that's just... Same thing with hearing God. You know, when you talk about wanting to hear God more, well, are we obeying what he's already shown us? If he wanted to show us more, if we want to see more, then we need to make sure that we are uh, following through with what we know we're supposed to do, the things God has already shown us. And that's just, just good stewardship. Jesus says to him who has more will be given. And Jesus looks at our, you know, in the parables, he talks about the parable of the talents. Who's, who are the people? The ones that use the talents, that use what God had given them, they were the ones who had more. And so we want to be faithful and 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 stewarding what we do see and being obedient to what we do know and God will show us more uh, and of course we do want to avoid sin I mean that's you know sin you want to mess up your glasses you want to fog your glasses well sin will do that uh, yeah it, it's, it's I think it's pretty self-explanatory uh, but we, we need to say if we really want to be people who see well who walk through life well with clarity then we need to get things out of our life that are distracting us. The sin is oftentimes a distraction. You know, it's like something that we're constantly, if we, because of the sin, we're having to do this and we're having to do that. We're not able to pay attention to what God wants us to pay attention to because we're having to cover up or trying to deal with whatever that sin is. And it's pretty no brainer, but I mean, I just, it's just, this is, this is reality. Sometimes we, you know, we, we got to clean up house and get rid of anything that's keeping us, that would be sin that would uh, hurt us in that way. Um, yeah, because when we um, when we choose sin, we choose thought patterns and values that distract us from God's purposes. We get distracted from what God is saying to us. We stop paying attention to Him, and we need to pay attention to God. So, um, all right. So the uh, next one is we renew and expand your thinking. So, uh, in this chapter in the book, it actually talks about renewing your mind from uh, Romans chapter twelve. 
outlet. We want the Word of God to, I, but I didn't want to repeat. That's kind of, it's kind of an echo of what we already talked about as far as spending time in Scripture, which is very important, okay? But we also talk about, in this chapter, the strategy that we just want to learn more in general. Now, I would encourage you to ask God to direct that, okay? Holy Spirit, what, what should I learn about? But whatever it is, if you're in real estate, for instance, you know, okay, well, learn about your trade. And God will help you by knowing it's amazing. Just God uses natural things to help us to see more. I mean, I'll, I'll just use a, um, maybe I'll use the example of a, a, an astronomer. You know, I can look out at the sky and see the moon. Okay. Maybe I can find the Big Dipper. I mean, I, I really, I, I'm not, I don't know that much about constellations and about stars. But when an astronomer looks up at the sky, maybe some of you, I mean, you can look at that. Look at that. There's Orion. There's Pleiades. There's, I mean, all of these stars that I have no, I, I don't, I don't have a grid because I just don't know. I don't know enough to, I don't know what I don't know, really, you know? Uh, and, and so, um, whatever it is where God's calling your calling in life, uh, Hey, in the natural, ask God to guide your study of that area, learn about it. But as you're doing that, God will also help you to see things and you'll notice things that other people won't notice in part because you have a grid to, to put them in. You have a way to explain it because you know something. You don't, may not know it all, but you'll know something. So there's our part and there's like Holy Spirit's revelation part. Uh, and so it's both and. And, um, uh, and so that that's important. Ralph Waldo Emerson is not someone I would always want to pattern my life after, so I'm not endorsing him per se, but the quote is good. And he said that people see only what they're prepared to see. And that's another way you, you could say confirmation bias, but the point, you know, you're, you're, we, people tend to look that people have a certain grid and they see according to that grid. They see according to that worldview, according to that thought pattern. And so, but when we learn new things, God can help us to see better uh, through his help. So that's an important thing there. So expand, renewing and expanding your thinking. Um, the next one, Sam, thanks so much, is that we want to focus on God's greatness. Okay. And, uh, if we want to see well, then we have to remember how great God is. Uh, Tozer says a low view of God is the cause of a hundred lesser evils everywhere among us. Uh, and then we don't want to let uncertainty cripple us. These are actually two different chapters, but uh, I've kind of combined them here for the slide. And we're saying that faith is like a radar which sees through the fog, the reality of things at a distance that the human eye cannot see. Faith is taking the first step, but you don't see the whole staircase. So seeing well, we need faith, I guess is just a way to put it in general. Uh, we need to really believe what God says about himself, how great he is, as we're walking through life, believing that God is big enough to work. Okay, so, and you know what? Those are actually the 15. I got went a lot faster than I thought I'd go through, which is good. I've skipped a few illustrations and stories here, but um, but those are the 15 in the book. There's one more that I have, is not in the book, but I just, I have, since I've written the book, I just, just came out in January, December, but... Um, but there's one more, and that is, we need to forgive. And there's, I'm not saying there aren't any more. You can come up to me afterward and, you know, you know, hey, what about this? I'm like, okay, there you go. But this is just, we, we just have to make sure, if we want to see well, we have to make sure that we are not allowing any kind of unforgiveness in our life because unforgiveness clouds our vision as we look at people. If we allow unforgiveness to stay, bitterness, bitterness results, and when they work, when we see people, we talk with them, we're not able to see them the way God wants us to see them because that unforgiveness gets in the way. We need Holy Spirit to come and help us to forgive 
and to have help us to see people the way he does because people do matter to him so much. Um, Craig Rochelle says, being offended is inevitable, but living offended is a choice. Um, yeah, and so we um, we have to choose. We have to choose. I, I yeah, I'm going through the season right now. All right, there's I, every morning I find myself forgiving a person. <laughs> uh, you know, I just have okay. I yeah, I just I have forgiven, but I'm forgiving again. I'm choosing again, Lord. I'm going to forgive. Uh, and and because I I don't I don't I, I I don't want to be limited. I don't want I don't want to to miss what God wants to do. And I, I want to have His heart. And and sometimes it's just a choice. It's saying Jesus, you know, yeah, that happened and that was horrible and I hate that, but I forgive. I choose to forgive. I don't feel. My emotions are still whatever, but I, I choose to forgive. Help me, God. Uh, so this is this is incredible. I think that is the last slide, Simon. Can you? Uh, oh, okay. Here's some steps here. This is something I'll, I'll just go ahead and since it's here. This comes from RT Kindle. Steps to totally forgive. I'll just read them and then we'll um, take some time. Let you guys have some questions or thoughts. Make the deliberate and irrevocable choice not to tell anyone what they did. Be pleasant with them should you be around them. Put them at their ease. If conversation ensues, say that which would set them free from guilt. Let them feel good about themselves. Protect them from their greatest fear. Keep it up today, tomorrow, this year, and next. <laughs> pray for them. Someone said, pray for your enemies. Someone really important. Love your enemies. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus said that. And, um, and so he knew that we need that as humans because we are broken and we can... Our vision can become fogged if we allow, if we don't forgive our enemies, if we don't forgive those who hurt us and those who come against us. So I, I, um, I think we'll, I think that's it. And so I'm going to, uh, as far as slides, so I'm going to pause and just ask if anybody has any questions that we can um, kind of, in the, in, the, in the idea of we're trying to see well spiritually and uh, some thoughts, question or a thought. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. 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 So like I'm grateful for apples. I'm grateful for bananas and grateful for carrots. I'm grateful for. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I mean, I, I think Thanksgiving has to be one of my favorite ones and the most to my life, most powerful ones. I've just really, I, I want to be thankful, God. I know this is frustrating, but you know what? You've done so much. It's not right for me to, you know, to get upset when you've done so much. And I don't want to be drunk. I just do not want to be on the ground. I want to be around for my family. I don't want my kids to reflect on that season and thinking how drunk their dad was and how useless he was and how unhelpful he was. Or, you know, I, I, I want to be able to be present with people and not lying on the floor. Uh, so... Yeah, good. Thank you. Any other thoughts, questions? Yes. Oh, thank you. Yes. Yeah, good question. How to live in another country help me to see differently? Well, I think I, I've kind of alluded, I'll just repeat the biggest thing was being around people who really believed in the spirit world. It wasn't like, you know, we in the West here, there's just, oh, is God real? You know, does he really exist or does, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm around people that, that, that was not a question. Does God exist is not a question in most of India. It's which God. 
you know, which God do I follow? How do I please God? How many? How do I please the, please the 330 million different gods in India that they worship? So I think the biggest impact just was just, why in the world are we debating does God exist or not? I mean, which of course is very relevant in America, but in India it's just, that's stupid. Why would I talk about that? You know, uh, and so, it, yeah, so I'm trying to answer your question. That's the biggest thing. It's just, the, the, no, it's real. God is real. And you can debate, well, actually, you know, the Quran's more important. You know, you could debate, well, is Islam, is it Hindu, this Hindu God? Because we would constantly help talk to our Hindu friends and they would have their, their gods. But we would explain, well, Jesus, how Jesus is unique. How Jesus is, all that Jesus has done for them. And then let them experience Jesus. Let them experience a healing. Let them experience the presence of God. And as they experience, experience is huge in a Hindu culture. Um, we, we don't, in the West, in America, we, and not in, outside of a Pentecostal environment, experience is not valued as much. Um, you know, it's cognitive and just you answer things logically and with your brain, which is important. But in, in the Hindu context, experience is very important. And, and that, um, yeah, moving with that. So, yeah, I think you had a question? No? No, okay. Anybody? Uh, good. Thank you for that question. That was good. Uh, Pastor Mark's standing up, so I have, I don't know, I have five minutes, but I can, anybody else have a question, thought? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sure. Right. Very good. We don't have the right to be offended. You're exactly right. It's it's easy to feel like we do, but we have to. No, we don't. And it, it, we just. And it's it, it it we we yeah we don't want people to continue. If if people continue to hurt us, then maybe there's you know we can make some distance. There's you know we can you know we can we don't have to trust people. Always, you know, after they've hurt us continually, but but yet we need to forgive them and we need to uh, give grace, and uh, we don't. Yeah, we need God's help too. And I'm not a counselor, but uh, but we have to get, forgive. Forgiveness is huge. Yeah, thankfulness, forgiveness, and our culture are two huge keys that we always need God's help with. We we need those because we want to be able to to see clearly, to walk clearly, not be distracted, not be pulled this way or that way. Uh, because we're so, you know, we want to do this, but like if I do that, then I'm going to help that person. I don't want to help that person, so I'm not going to. No, no, no. <laughs> well, let's just do what's right. Let's not worry, you know, about. No, we 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 do what's right, no matter who wins, because we. It's a matter. It's 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 doing what God wants us to do, not about uh, any kind of offense, any kind of um, uh, political action that's going on in our minds. <laughs> yeah. Good. Yes. 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 Amen. Amen. Yeah, that that's huge. That's that was we did mention that, but that's you can emphasize that more and more because it is so important that we do meditate, we do memorize scripture, and that just flows. God brings that up. You know, when we spend time. So I, I mean, I didn't. You know, we talk about prayer, but I mean. I'll just say this. I, hopefully, we're abiding. Now, when I say abiding, I mean spending time with God on a daily basis. And that 
forms us. But then as we go through our day, that we're pulling on what God did in that abiding time. I mean, you know, he's speaking to us. He's, we're hearing from him. We're connecting with him. We want to, throughout the day, we want to connect. When we want to pray continually, you know, the verb that uh, it says, when he says pray continually, it was a word that was used uh, for cough. <clears throat> and when people have a cough, they're not, <clears throat> right? But there's a cough. And then a little bit later is a cough, right? Same way our prayer. So it doesn't, doesn't when he says pray continually, he's not, I don't, God's not saying that every second, every moment, we're just only praying. But we have that ongoing connection. We're ongoing praying, connecting, abiding, and yeah, meditating and referring to what God has said in his word. Yes, keeping our eyes on Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And all these things help us to do that. You know, I mean, we and whatever we can do, if, if there's a tool, if there's, you know, whatever we can do, I would say, if something helps us to hear better or see better, why wouldn't we pursue it? <laughs> do we care about Jesus? Do we want him to use us? You know, let's get, let's, let's allow him to work in our lives. So I am, um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, ask, I'm going to ask Pastor Mark to come up this time. I'm going to go ahead and have the mic.